The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. We have comic artist Tom Rash coming on, and then we have an old friend of ours who we haven't seen in minutes since we moved to California, Adam Ginsberg, uh, coming on the show. He's a horror movie maker and actor and, and runs a big film festival. For those and uh, so it should be a lot of fun. We hope everybody's good. There's Astro. Say hi, Astro. Astro, say it's hi, everybody. difficult today. Astro, come on. You don't. He's not <laughs> he wants to be in show business, but only when he wants. Before we went on the air, he was jumping all over, like so excited to be. I'm in show business. It's a lot of fun. Here we go. Let's try it again. Gently. Say hi, Astro. Say hi, everybody. Screw. <laughs> anyway. They never do, they're like children. They never do what you want when you want them to do it. Hope everybody is doing well. Uh, uh, we want to send shout outs to people in Florida. We know Lady Lake is in the middle of the hurricane. And, uh, so but we not wish to worry because, you know. We, we we had one and it was nothing. Of course, they made a big deal about it. Certain parts got hit bad, but it was not really what they made it out to be. But we're sending well wishes, and we don't want anything to happen. Right, to we don't want anybody. It's just anybody a lot of water, a lot of flooding, a lot of water, a big mess. But you live with it. Um, and then uh, oh, I was going to say something else, and now I forgot because I'm it's trying just, to get people. This is a new way to get. So you guys, if you're trying to get into the chat room, all you got to do now. Uh, we've changed things a little bit. Go to W4CY.com. The video is playing there, but if you want to actually chat, just click on the video, and it'll take you to YouTube, and you can join our YouTube chat. Um, okay, talk for a second so I can like help people here trying to get in. I love how to talk for a second, sit for a second, don't talk for a second. I mean, talk about a control freak. This guy is a friggin' control freak. Anyway, uh, it's coming up soon. Halloween-y. And we're going to get dressed as cowboys because it's a Western theme at St. Jude's uh, Benefit at Madame Tussaud's Wax Museum in Hollywood. It's 30 bucks a ticket. So worth it. You get to roam all around the Wax Museum and see all of the famous movie stars' wax figures. And some of them are just outrageous. Steven Spielberg actually looks like it was Steven Spielberg. He fools everybody. And the Angelina Jolie uh, wax figure is fabulous, too. Anyway, it's a big deal event. For St. Jude's. I said St. Jude's. Oh, what are you going to come in now? I don't know what to say. No, I'm just Why saying. Why you put your You guys were sponsoring it along with, like, BJ Mezik with his film company and a bunch of other cool people are sponsoring it. It's on October 21st. You can go to Hollywood-Hollywood. 
hotness.com and you can get tickets there for it. And there's a whole bunch of great celebrities this time um, that were not there last time. So I'm going to shut up and let me handle it. Okay. I was supposed to do that segment. Okay, and go. then, of course, you cut in because you have to be Mr. Big Shot Bud, Budinsky. That's your new name, Budinsky. Okay, anyway. You butt in. Anyway. Do you know who's uh, going to be there? Jimmy Starr, unfortunately, will be there with me. But anyway, he's going to try to look like a cowboy. <laughs> That's got to be a laugh. But anyway, I can't wait to see him as a cowboy. Maybe more like a cowgirl would be better. But, you know, cowboy, he'll try hard. So we have things to show. We have thingalings. Look at me. Wee -hoo -wee -hoo. Oh, I just lost my head. <laughs> Look. Oh, I can't ha handle a dog in my Cocoa Pop. Funko Pop. Funko Pop. Look at that. It says Ron Russell. I have my very own Funko Pop. And I'm Jimmy Star with the red glasses. I don't have red ones on. I don't do that now because if these get smashed up, then they're not worth the money. So these are one of a kind right now, you guys, but we're going to make some different ones and then figure out how to produce them so we can sell them. Wouldn't that be fun to have a Ron Russell and Jimmy Star doll? I heard two and people then say you could stick one. pins in the Jimmy Star doll. Isn't that fun, you guys? So check it out. Our, our Funko Pops for Jimmy Star and Ron Russell. It looks just like me with the, with the black eyebrows and the white hair. <laughs> And the little shirt. I like the little outfit. You gotta like love it. Funko Pops. There you go, you guys. I collect them and I have hundreds of them. In, so in last the week we weren't on the air because we went to the Rudolph Valentino Memorial in the cemetery in Hollywood, which is, used to be called the Hollywood Memorial Cemetery. Now they've changed it to what? Oh, I, some uh, other name. Uh, Hollywood. I don't know. Anyway, that cemetery went into ruin. It was overgrown and everything was being destroyed. Uh, it was left and neglected for years and it looked like an empty lot with a bunch of rocks in it. So some smart guys bought it and turned it into a movie theater sometimes and you can have events there. And they held the memorial for Rudolph Valentino in the mausoleum where Rudy is interned in the wall. We sat on folding chairs in the middle of the uh, mausoleum to the left were ashes of people, and to the right were boxes of ashes to people. So it was kind of weird sitting in the middle of a bunch of hundreds of dead people. Um, as for the memorial, I really couldn't understand it because he's 100 years dead, Rudolph Valentino. And these people never knew him. I mean, he wasn't in their lifetime, yet they love him. And they mourn him. They wear black, and they carry on about he's dead. Um, my mother was also a nut for Ruto Valentino, and I have quite a large collection of pictures that she collected over the years being his fan. It was an interesting event. What I found very interesting was <clears throat> after the memorial services, we went to this gentleman's house where he has the collection of Valentino stuff, I mean, to die for, unbelievable. Everything from a sofa and a club chair to Ruto Valentino's platinum ring that he wore, which cool. I slipped onto my pinky, and it couldn't go all the way up my pinky, so Rudy had very, very tiny fingers. He must have been a very tiny man. Um, it was a very enjoyable time, and um, something to do, so Hollywood. The girl came dressed in black, like supposed to be Natasha Romova, who came to Rudy's funeral every year, his memorial, 
and she came in black with the red rose. So they do the theater that was done the year that Rudolph Valentino died, and that was 1926. So hooray, hooray for people that keep Rudolph Valentino's name alive. Yeah, it was something different, something I had never been before, something I had never seen. I've never partied in the cemetery. This is the first time. <laughs> well, it is the first time I've ever partied. Nobody was sad. We were all laughing and talking. And uh, I mean, you know, I don't know him. I could care less about him. I know my mother adored him, but I don't mourn him. I mean, I felt nothing. I, in 1949, I was nine years old, and my mother dragged me to this place. It's this uh, mausoleum. And I saw Rudolph Valentino's crypt. And my mother was so excited. She was rubbing the wall and saying, oh, could you imagine Rudy's in there? And I kept saying to myself, yeah, and so, I mean, it's a big deal. It's not like you screwed him. He was your lover. You know, if, although my father was very jealous. Also, my mother wanted to name me Rudy. And my father said, absolutely not. So she named me Ronald, I guess, closest thing to Ruby, Rudy. So that's enough for Rudolph Valentino. Who's on our show today beside Adam Ginsberg? Adam Ginsberg is a be good our friend of ours. Second guest. Our first guest would be, I was thinking, B, thank you, B, because you've been like so many people. Stinking? Huh? What's his name? Stinking? No, Adam Ginsberg. No, that's the first one. You said so somebody's first, stinking. So, no. Oh, I need, I need uh, hearing, hearing, hearing aids. <laughs> oh, did, did you just say the guy's name was something stinking? No, no. What did you say? Repeat. I, now I don't know what I said. I said thank you, be Claudia, because she's helping get people, you know, directing people since we have this new thing that we're doing. And uh, uh, so I was thanking her, and I was thanking her in the chat room. And uh, our first guest, we're bringing him on in four minutes. Let me do my little commercial real quick. Um, hey, you guys. <clears throat> so we want to thank everybody for tuning in. We missed last week, but we have um, – uh, we want to thank everybody because I think our last show did really good with uh, oh, yeah. um, everybody reason, on it. Yeah, and I interviewed all the people, and I couldn't get a decent interview out of anybody because they don't even know why they mourn Valentino. Because I kept saying, what is the reason that you do this? And they said, because. Uh, because we like it or we enjoy it or it's getting together. So there really wasn't a story there at all. I wanted somebody to tell me. They had a past life experience. They felt that they were in that era that they knew Rudolph Valentino. You know, I wanted something exciting and juicy. But these are just ordinary people sitting around stuffing their face with whatever the guy put out, carrots and crap. In the meantime. And, uh, and it was a nice party. I had a good time. We want to thank everybody for tuning in every week. We've broken 1.1 billion downloads. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and we're looking to, to, to do more. And uh, That's amazing. Not million, put a B there, one billion and a half. No, 1.1 billion. 1.1 billion. It's a lot of people. Absolutely. It's a lot of downloads. So we thank everybody for downloading and yeah. streaming the show. And I want to thank you all for liking our show so much that you all downloaded it to see it. Or streamed it. It's or streamed, streamed it. it. Right. All right. And so those of you that I see, you interrupt me. Watch my mouth. When my mouth is moving, I, mean, I can't watch your mouth. on the fucking mount monitor. You made me curse, and I wasn't. No, gonna, not cursing. I wasn't going to curse on the show anymore. You got me so upset. You make me curse all the time. In the meantime, time. the places that you can hear the show, you guys, you can hear I, I us on it. SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, <clears throat> Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Prime. 
that's about 10 or 12 places. We're on 160 places or so all the way around the world. But uh, those are the ones that everybody like knows about. So please listen to us on one of those platforms. If you're on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts, um, leave us a rating because it's nice to get ratings. We have almost all five-star ratings. We have a few people who didn't like us, I guess. But other than that. I didn't like you. <laughs> They didn't say they didn't like me. They must have said, we don't like Jimmy. Yeah, right. Because he interrupts Ron all the time. No. You see, when, look, see, this is called a mouth, uboko. Yes. When it moves, look, hello, hello, how are you? Hello, hello, how are you? You shut up. When it stops, like that, watch, watch, it stops. So real quick, we're going to play the, the trailer from my movie that's on uh, Tubi, you guys. The name of the movie mm. is Purgatorium. Uh, I produced the film. It's free. You can watch it on Tubi. Please check it out. And then when the when the trailer finishes playing, we're going to bring on our first guest, whose name is Tom Rash. But here it is, everybody, Purgatorium. Enjoy. So what is this dump? I'm, 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 I'm stuck in here. Who put you up to this? No one did, sir. I gave it to you in writing, Bart, in black and white. I really don't want to hurt you, man. Then don't. Evil is with us. A wise man once said, life is like a squeeze if you're doing and not doing. It does not stop. Stay up there! The funny thing about streams, though, once it's off course, you can never change it back. So check it out, you guys. It's free on Tubi. The name of the film is Purgatorium. Please like it, rate it, uh, so it can get more places that will pick it up because it's doing well. Thank you. So now we're going to bring on our first guest. Let's see if we can hear him well and get it going. Hey, Tom, how you doing? How are you? Good. How are you? In honor, by the way, I've been following Ron's pose for a number of months. Jamie and I have chatted on the phone a few years ago, So, but uh, great to meet you visually. What is that? Oh, thank you. Yes. Oh, I didn't hear that. Uh, he's been following your post for a few months now. I, I've been I've known him for oh. several years, and uh, he's uh, speak up a little when you talk. Yeah, I have to oh yeah, sorry. Uh, to... Can you guys hear me okay now? Yes. Yeah, I have okay. to get hearing aids soon. You know, I attribute. You know what I attribute it to? When I was young, we used to blast all the music, the rock groups, you know, heavy metal, mm -hmm. and I think that. People my age now are damaged. They're high tone. I can hear bass beautifully. I have trouble with high tone. And I think it's because of the rock, the steel. Oh, also, oh, this is a true story. I was at the Cafe Roma in Beverly Hills with Mr. Blackwell one night. And they had a steel guitarist there. And the jerk decided to open up the mic all the way. And the speaker was there. And this guy was, and my ear went. It's true. So I think that I have to warn everybody out there, please don't play your music so loudly. And all of you kids with the boom boxes in your car, boom, 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 you're wrecking your hearing. Anyway, let's introduce. Get back to you. All time. right, everybody. Nobody, now nobody gives a shit to, about what I just said. We have to I, did. I did it to be nice. Like a nice Hold guy. on. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show 
with Ron Russell, uh, comic and IP creator, actor, and filmmaker, Tom Rash. Hello, and welcome to the show. Once Yay. again, thank, thank you, guys, and I'll try and speak up a little bit more. There you go. I have a question for you just off the top of the bat. Do you know, do you know who um, Ray Porter is? Uh, the name sounds kind of familiar, but I, no, I don't know him. So Ray Porter is a voice actor, and he's also a, an actor, but he's dark side in, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, and uh, you look just like him. You guys can oh. almost be twins, and he lives in L.A. I'm not sure. Where do you live? Where are you calling us from? Well, actually, I'm back uh, from in South Dakota, which is where I grew up. I was living in the Bay Area. Okay. And I came back here a while ago. I'm, I'm a dad now, so I'll be here probably for a while. My daughter just turned five. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. In the Bay Area, you can't go to now. I've heard it's horrible since I left. It's so. supposed to be the number one crime spot in the country. Yeah, that's, def that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Yeah, we saw something shocking. A guy was driving his car with his luggage in the back seat, and somebody broke the window and took the luggage out of the car while he was seated in the car. While he was at a stop sign. <laughs> well, at a stop sign. This is like the Wild West years ago when they used to rob the stagecoaches. Yeah, it's frightening just kind of how, I guess, yeah. dystopian it's become. What's going on today in this country is deploring. So wait, how's, deploring. how is South Dakota deploring? How is South Dakota? How is it there? You know what? Now we watch TV, we watch a lot of TV at night, and and they're running all these commercials about South Dakota, a great place to go to be free, or something. All these commercials about South Dakota. <laughs> oh, I I agree. That's a hundred percent true. I believe. I mean, it's uh, there's a little bit of crime and homelessness that's been kind of, I guess, developing here. But overall, it's still it's a beautiful area. It's kind of like a mini Colorado, mini uh, the Rockies. Cool. And, um, it's a Republican state, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I, I'm I'm kind of a nonpartisan, but yeah, I, I it's pretty highly Republican from what I understand or conservative. So, I like so that's how come they're sending people there. Why are they doing that? Uh, because they say it's a great place to live and a great place to raise a family. And look, he's there raising his family. <laughs> well, and I, I've made a number of friends actually that relocated from California in the last year to here. So that was part of the reason. How many kids like you have? Just one. Oh, girl or boy? Girl, little, a little girl. Good. I have two girls, the best. Yep, I've seen pictures. They're beautiful. Um, I have to mention something else that's beautiful is Ron's hair. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I keep changing it weekly because I'm, I'm coming up in a movie. This with, is his Funko Pop with all the hair. Awesome. <laughs> if, the, if the strike ever ends, which it should soon, we go to film Death House. And I'm excited about Death House because I play the, the star's father. And there's a scene, I can't give it away, where I might have to cry. And I've never cried in a movie yet. And I'm dying to cry in a film. So this film, so I'm trying different hairdos to see what kind of a character I'm going to look like. Because the guy I play, his father, can sometimes look my age. So they told me, Ron, can you age yourself for the movie? And I thought, what a nice compliment. I'm 80 fucking three years old. How much more can I hitch myself? Oh, I'm no, I, yeah, I, I, I've known a little bit through Jimmy, you know, about, about your guys' union and just a little bit about Ron. By, by seeing your post, and I was actually talking to my mom about being on the show, and I was talking to her about uh, how Jimmy and I, one time Jimmy kind of resembled me. I've seen him share his post from years ago where he had the longer yeah, hair, hair, you know. But but I told my mom, I said, you wouldn't believe what Ron, I said, he looks amazing. 
my oh. my my parents are uh, 76 and 78. And uh, no, no disrespect to my dad, but uh, yeah, you look amazing. You got a beautiful full head of hair. You have youthful energy. In fact, quite honestly, it's inspiring to me because in the last year I've decided to endeavor an acting filmmaking career regardless of age. And I, that's kind of what I love about seeing what Ron shares is just kind of this positivity, these stories of kind of old glamour Hollywood. Oh, yeah. um, and by the way, you know, somebody said to me, oh, how do you know all these people? I said, ass work, I'm in the business 64 years. What do you think, you don't meet people? I've met Marlon Brando, Paul Newman, all the way down to Betty Davis. I mean, and then into Sophia Loren. Uh, forget about it. I've met so many people, and I don't make those stories up. I don't lie about it. I wasn't their best friend. I mean, they didn't invite me to dinner. Well, you heard Jane Russell. Jane Russell, yeah. Jane Russell and I were buddies. We hung out. We traveled together. We slept in the same house all the time. Oh, no. No, Jane was my buddy. But in our business, it's our business. You know that. We work with these people. It's no big deal. But to the general public, if you make if you meet a movie star, they go hysterical. To us, it's nothing. Wait a second, though. So what are your parents' names? Uh, Bob and Maggie. Hey, Bob and Maggie. Hey, Hello Maggie from the Bob. Jimmy Star Show. <laughs> but, but, so now, don't you agree with that? When you meet celebrity, it's business, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting for me being like a lifelong fan of cinema, uh, music, the arts, you know, comics. And, and as I've gotten older, working professionally, I've gotten to be friends with some of these people I admired growing up. And you sort of get to see the veil kind of being lifted. And at the end of the day, it really, we're all people. Yeah. Uh, there's a glamour with people that kind of aren't, I guess, in the system, but I've seen both sides of it. And, and yeah, it's interesting to kind of realize that. Um, and in fact, somebody told me this about 10 years ago because of my, my goals and endeavors. If you want to be these people you've grown up admiring, you got to start behaving like them, meaning we're all people. We all go to the bathroom. We all put our pants on the same way. I mean, it's just the glamour of the media, the way they've sold it through the decades. I yes. used to, years and years ago, I used to tell people, I'd say, you know, Marilyn Monroe, peace. She sits on a toilet in peace, just like you do. And people would look at me and say, you know, I never thought of that. <laughs> I, never, I never thought that Marilyn Monroe did those things. I said, Marilyn Monroe did everything with everybody that anything you did, she's done. She's human. She's only an actress. So the, the public can't get over that. They really think that actors are cardboard or made up cartoons. No, they're people. Question. So, hold on, I want to go to him. I'm going to him. Okay. Question. Have you ever been starstruck when you met a celebrity that you worked with? Believe it or not, I've been more starstruck when I've met famous comic book artists. Yes, because you're a comic book artist. <laughs> yeah. So who would be a comic book artist? Which we're going to tell people talk about your your career in that. But just, who, just a ghoul. Who would be? Who would be? Who's like someone who would make you starstruck, or, or made you starstruck when you met them? A comic book artist. I, I probably won't know who they are, but John Byrne. And what did he do? What? What? He was famous for uh, really popularizing the X Men in the late seventies, early eighties. In fact, the storyline he did with Chris Claremont has been all the mining material for the X Men films I'd over the last it. ten or fifteen years. So. Chester um, Gould for wait. Dick Tracy. Hang oh, on a yeah. Do you collect action figures at, or do you have action figures for your comics yet? Have you come up with action figures? Oh, yeah, tons. 
Well, well, my, um, but the, quick, the quick and short of it is for the last 10 years, I've been dealing with Hollywood, trying to develop my IP material as multi-platform stuff, you know, comics, toys, cartoons, movies. Um, haven't had any great traction yet in that department. Had a few things almost happen, fell apart. So I decided in the last year, and I've been kind of, you know, like I said, the, the people, I, I use social media as a great platform to network and make new friendships, Us too. new relationships. And so I, I watch, I observe, I sit back and observe and kind of like, um, sometimes I'm inspired or, 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 you know, educated by another approach I hadn't considered. But um, I basically, you know, after even watching with you guys and what you've been doing, you know, I've decided like this last year, I'm like, you know, I've wanted to be a director since I was a kid, not just draw comic books, wanted to be an actor. And I actually got offered a couple of roles this last year, all solely based upon my appearance. So the question was, can you act? And I'm like, well, I acted on stage when I was younger, but it's like I re-embraced the dream. I wanted to be an actor, but I was very shy. <laughs> it's, a lot harder. it's a lot harder to act on stage. You know, I work, they don't do cuts and stops and redos. No. <laughs> I, I work, I, I'm really more famous as a stage performer than an actor. I've worked all my life on the boards, and it was difficult because I would be the headliner. And the headliner has 350 people having dinner at the supper club, waiting to be entertained. They want to laugh and have a good time. So the responsibility was absolutely tremendous. But the training was unbelievable because I can go on the set now and I don't feel the least bit nervous and I'm comfortable being uh, doing what I do. So, yes, I agree with you. Stage is the best. Well, and I think, you know, the, the I made a joke, and this is where Facebook is interesting, is this one particular producer is making kind of an action vampire movie, and he had basically men with long hair and beards. So I made the joke, I look like I could fit in your movie, and he said, well, direct message me in all seriousness. And so he asked him and, and uh, the producer, they said, well, you know, can you act? And I said, well, yes, um, I've still actually got a, a screen test coming up, but uh, he said, we want to, uh, we actually have a character in mind for you. He said, we want to take advantage of your Jason Momoa-ness. That's how he initially <laughs> put it. You said you were, your Jason Momoa-ness. Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. What a compliment, though. That's some That's fucking compliment, actually. You cursed. Oh, I cursed. Okay. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I can think of worse things to be compared to. But, um, you know, part and with my daughter being so young, too, like I'm very mindful of legacy. And yes. And, and kind of what I want to leave behind for her, first and foremost, I want to be a good and kind and loving father, obviously. And then, you know, and to let her know that dad continued chasing his goals and dreams literally for decades, you know, and I've had some successes and a lot of peaks and valleys, you know. In fact, I had a documentary film that was being made about what I've been doing the last few years. And part of it was going to be about my daughter, but that unfortunately fell apart. I have a couple of other opportunities for documentaries, but it's about just kind of like having a dream since grade school and uh, and overcoming my shyness as a very shy art nerd. And as I got older, just, you know, the classic believing in yourself and then watching people like yourself, we're all kind of in the same arena of just continuing to move forward. You know, you guys have this amazing show, you know, which is like, like you mentioned the numbers, I mean, a billion, that's, that's, that's a huge milestone. It's, it's, it's extra. It's ridiculous. I want to tell you something about your daughter. Get ready for this. I have two daughters, they're, they're women, I mean, they're old. One is 47, one is 54. And we never mentioned my work or who I am, ever. 
It's never discussed. I'm daddy. And we play cards every Monday night, either her house or my house. And we never, ever discuss films or men or anything. And children do that. I think I spoke to um, Betty Davis about this when Water came out with that book. And Betty said, well, she felt that that was the only way she could get to me because I wouldn't listen to her. And Betty said that was because we never allowed Hollywood talk in the house. When Betty Davis was with her children, they only she was the mother, not Betty Davis the star. And that can present a problem with your daughter because it's confusing. You don't want your daughter growing up loving the actor. You want her growing up loving daddy. Mm -hmm. no, I agree 100%. I would suggest to you, keep as much of the, the film actor out of the house as you can. It's a healthier house. Lana Turner now, I'm very good friends with her daughter, Cheryl Crane. And Cheryl Crane told me the most saddest story. She would wait at the front of Lana Turner's bedroom door until noontime because she wasn't allowed to see her mother. Her mother was getting hair and makeup and dressing. Then at noon, her mother opened the double doors and came out and greeted her, hugged her, kissed her, and said, honey, don't ruin my makeup or my hair. And Lana went about her business. So Cheryl Crane was not happy as a child because she didn't have a mother. She had Lana Turner. Right, she didn't have a mother. So don't be Tom. Wait, Nash. I have a question for you. How tall are you? 5'10". 5'10". It looks like cause you're pretty tall, so you're a big guy. Um, so let's go back a little bit, because first of all, because I, I don't collect comics anymore. I did as a kid, but I love, like, we have two comic books that we're characters in, and we love it. I oh, like It's my favorite thing ever to be oh, a character I in a comic book. Quickly, we were at a crazy house that we were going ghost hunting, and there was a big six-foot chain-link fence that we all had to hop over. Eileen Shapiro, you don't know who she is. No. Eileen Shapiro is Jimmy's partner. She has a chest that's about 59Z. You've never seen a pair of knockers in your life like this broad's chest. No, really, they're enormous, and they're real. We're all climbing over the fence. Guess what? Her tits went over, and she was on one side, and the two boobs are hanging on the other <laughs> side, and she's screaming and cursing at me, Ron, help me push them over. <laughs> well, I'm tall. I had to go with both hands. After he stops laughing, he's just oh, sitting I, on the I, ground I, laughing. I thought, I thought I was going to piss myself the truth. I couldn't stop. I was crying as I'm pushing them, these big, big jumboni things, so she wouldn't get hooked on the fence. So we put that in the comic book. <laughs> and I think awesome. it's wonderful. That's why I love this comic book. It's, no, it's I like really love it. Funny. So, so I want to talk. First, let me brag a little. So you guys, uh, you were mm -hmm. you were a Marvel comic artist. Um, you're also a concept artist for video games and film projects. I wrote down someplace that you penciled Marvel Punisher 2099. I don't know what that means. What does pencil mean? You do the, the initial drawings or something? Or yeah, something? I mean, the way, the way that it tends to work is still kind of does. There's a writer of a comic. There's a penciler who does kind of all the heavy lifting, draws the sequential panels, and then an inker and a colorist and a letterer. Um, the penciler would kind of be, I guess, kind of the lead guitarist in the band. Got it. Um, you know, the bassist probably would be the inker. I guess that's one of the ways that I can kind of equate. But it's usually... You know, sometimes people do comics completely by themselves. It's a one-man production. Otherwise, it's generally a four to six person. I'm sorry, what's that? 
the two comic books that we're in, they were like small. They're only like 10 we're, or 20 we're, pages we're, long. We're in, the second, and, uh, we're in the second comic yes, book? Yes, we're in two comic books. I never saw the second um, The other one is Mandate for Humanity. It's so Johnny's comic book, what we're in. We play ourselves. I, why don't you tell me these things? Because it came out three years ago. Three years ago? I don't <laughs> <He's> know. <laughs> Anyway, I've had it on my wall. I had it on my wall for years. <laughs> anyway, so we, uh, I love comic books, except for that we had an individual guy and he just did everything. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, when you have all that different stuff, that's different. So, I know storyboard writing is the same thing, you know. You could be a storyboard writer for a movie. Yeah, I, um, Part of the problem is now, like, like I have a comic book we're doing a second crowdfunder for because I can't, I don't have the time to draw currently because of my daughter. It's a, it's a very labor intensive skill set. Um, but uh, I have friends who do work in, in storyboarding films and stuff. And uh, it's, it's I, I, yeah, it's very similar to comics because you're visually laying out the information um, almost in a cinematic sense, but illustrating it, right? You know, laying out your scenes, blocking your scenes, creating the impression of motion, you know, editing, going from one uh, shot to the next, et cetera. So there's a definitely a similar skill set between comic artists and storyboard well, director. Do you know D. Snyder's son? Now I forgot his name. Or Twisted Sister. Oh, I can't think of his name. He's been on the show a bunch of times, and I'm just having a brain fart because he's also you know does comics for Marvel, has done comic stuff for Marvel, and uh, uh, he, I don't think he's got his own comic book like you do, which is what I really want to talk about because. Right. I want to say one thing. What flips me out about comic books is I used to buy a comic book for five cents. <laughs> now they're 15 and 25 dollars that's insane don't you think oh well it is and i think the unfortunate part is that the um you know when when time passes we don't think about paradigm shifts in the market and what comics you know once were produced and the amount of audience market share that they had doesn't equal the current age because there's so many other distractions like you know your phone and, and tiktok and um video games and all these streaming channels, you know, I mean, so comic books, unfortunately, can't support um, being able to stay afloat with the prices they once were, you know, of days gone by. Right. So actually, well, first I want to, first of all, I, I, so I follow, I joined, I got banned on TikTok, so then I had to make a new TikTok, and I made one just called Jimmy Star Collector, that's just all the movies I'm in, and the comic books, and the show, and I only do that kind of stuff on it. You got kicked and off I, Facebook for, for an hour. Um, Who gets kicked uh, off for an hour? No, but anyway. So I have a Jimmy Star Collector TikTok, and recently, because I, I put up that you were coming on, and when I did hashtag Tom Rash. That's when he got suspended wait, for no, the hour. No, no, stop. <laughs> hashtag Tom Rash up there, and then the comic book company that does your comic books, you know, your name came up, and then they do all your comic books. There's a company, right, that, like, does all your comic books? Yeah, I'm partnered up with WTF Comics. Okay, so I followed them then on Instagram, I mean, on TikTok, and was sharing different things. Um, and I just found that fascinating, so that's super cool. So so you have several comic books, but the one I want to talk about first is Black Alpha, because that's the one that you've got, like, action figures and all kinds of stuff for, right? Yeah, it was published in USA Today. Um, I had my merchandise on numerous episodes of The Big Bang Theory. Sure. Um, and it's been optioned uh, a few times for the last decade for TV and film development. I've, got, I've been working with a few screenwriters. Um, it's actually... My 11-year-old creation, I created as a fifth grader, and uh, it's stayed with me the whole time. I tell people I grew up loving 
Star Trek and Spider-Man and Batman, and it's kind of a merged love of, of science fiction and superheroes. And, you know, and I knew that I wanted a space superhero story with a spaceship. We're actually releasing a model kit from the series tomorrow. So I'm really excited about that because I grew up loving model kits too from Star Trek and Star Wars. So that's, that's kind of a real dream milestone for me, you know? Um, so like, I, cause I, I find it fascinating um, because I'm, I basically collect superhero stuff and I collect horror stuff, horror, 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 pops and, and I collect superhero stuff. We, and that's we, basically, we, we had a guest on and he referred to her as a whore and she got so <laughs> Uh, oh, Jesse Snyder. Okay, they they wrote in the chat room. It was Jesse Snyder. Okay, uh, it's D Snyder's kid. But anyway, so tell us a little bit. So, but what I did is I found I found like a teaser trailer for uh, Black Alpha on YouTube, and we're gonna play it so everybody can kind of like see what it is because you're a phenomenal artist. Um, you should do a Flash Gordon series. You can't do Flash Gordon because somebody else owns it. We'll, we'll call it <laughs> call it something else. Call it Flash. Well, Gene. <laughs> well, well, I will say this, having personal heroes like Gene Roddenberry, creative Star Trek, George Lucas, Star Wars. Um, I basically have, so I bring up the hair thing again, because at one time I wanted to be a stylist and cosmetologist. So for me, I appreciate the art form of hair. So my lead character actually has a Flash Gordon-esque hairdo like Buster Crab. Um, that's by design to sort of do a call oh, out to one of the original space heroes. Buster Crab is my hero. I actually found a like. I grew, uh, up, I grew up wanting to be him. Like ten years ago, I bought him a uh, Flash Gordon twelve-inch action figure, but it's a Buster Crab. It's not like Scott it's Eric, not it's not a, a, it's not Sam Jones, and we had Sam Jones on the show. It's got um, a ray gun, a Stratus, a Stratus sled rock. But I want to like play everybody so they can get an idea of what stuff looks like for you. So, uh, so one. Go ahead and play the Black Alpha trailer. Just hang on, Rash. Just, uh, this is old. It was, uh, I think it's about a five-year-old video, but but it was done very well, and it's fun. And gonna, people have an idea. Take us off? No, it's not music. I think we're okay. So, so you guys, this is uh, the, the trailer. The communist. The, tra yeah. the, trail, the trailer for, for Tom Rash's uh, Black Alpha that I'm sure one of these days is going to be turned into something huge. So check it out, and we'll be back in one second.
You're quiet out there and you don't interrupt me. <laughs> you are absolutely beyond incredible as an artist. You're, they're works of art. I would hang them in a room. Well, Your thank you, Ron. That is very kind. Question. Do you do movie posters? Uh, I have, yes. I need a movie poster done for a movie I wrote. Okay. Let's talk later. Your work is unfucking believable. It is. Well, I very art. much appreciate that. No, I'm not lying. Up. I'm not. I don't post work up anybody's. That's back. why I wanted to show it. No, he wouldn't I'm, know what I'm, we were I'm, talking about all this time. I am I'm freaking. <laughs> I am freaking out. They are. Each character is absolutely beautiful, clear, and. I'm so impressed. I so, can vomit. So what really? is the what's the actual kind of like story behind Black Alpha? Do you have like a like a, a quick version of it? The the quick pitch is I always say, uh, what if you took the Batman story, you sprinkled in Iron Man tech, and you dropped it off in the middle of Star Wars? Um, oh, I and it, it's kind of my my um, my version of space opera. I mean, it's got other influences there, like Spider Man, the Three Musketeers, but. Uh, I always tell people I sort of take what I love growing up and I've done my own versions of it. I just give it my fresh coat of paint. Um, and, and since I've grown up loving movies and cartoons, as long as I can remember, um, you know, comic books and the toys and everything involved, I just do my version of that because that's, that's what I grew up loving. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of live in a weird age because like, you know, with Disney becoming the juggernaut that it has, it sort of has the rights now in any space opera stuff, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy and, of course, Star Wars and everything else. So it's been harder. This is what I run into from the Hollywood types is they go, your thing looks cool, sounds cool. Nobody's ever heard of it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> there was a time people had to be introduced to Star Wars. That's had right. To be introduced to Star Trek, Batman. You know, I mean, like I said, if, if the mentality was in the early 20th century the way it is now, we would never have gotten Batman. We'd still have the shadow. We wouldn't have Superman. We'd have Doc Savage. And I Blue Beetle. I had never heard of Blue Beetle until this movie came out. Now I've read all kinds of stuff about Blue Beetle and I've collected some of the action. Yeah, but but hang a second. But I haven't heard. I had never heard exactly what you're saying. It was I had never heard. Did you hear? Did you know who Blue Beetle was before that movie came out? Well, as a comic fan, yeah. I mean, he's not he's not well known to the public. But the the point is, like a lot of times. When people, these execs use it as an excuse, it's a very flimsy one because I'm like, there's tons of things that came out that become these huge pop culture phenomenon. The Walking Dead, The yeah. Crow are all based on comics and the general public does not know that. They I just know they have new content to consume. You know, there is always room for an audience to want to basically devour new material. Okay, Tom, if I want to buy your comic book, how do I go about getting it? Uh, I have a link that I can share from the WTF Please comics page. Put that link up now because I know millions of people are going to want to get your comic book because it is visually a beautiful, beautiful work of art. So wait, with Blue Alpha, I mean, wait, I'm selling his thing. Shut up. I want to know. <laughs> Black Alpha, I mean, like, what do you have? Like, like, do you have action figures that are actually for sale now? Or there, we're or, working or on the comic book. Then we'll go to the figures. Let's get that, that site up there, please, Tom. Put it up so everybody out there can get your comic book. It's something you have to, to tell us what it is. You could frame the damn comic book. It's so beautiful. What a nice well, gift. That, that, that does mean a lot to me, seriously, because, I mean, part of what I – because I've spent years developing all my stuff, and the uh, visual part is important to me. I want something that stands out from the characters, beautiful. right? Colors. You know. Colors in your characters – 
But it was just the most, I, I so enjoyed watching it. And I'm not lying, the bottom of my heart, I really was enjoying it. And he is very handsome with his blonde hair. Almost looks like me. Did you use me? <laughs> well, you know what? Your hair is very similar. That's why I mentioned earlier, I love your, although to be fair, Jimmy, I do have to tell you, I do love your hair as it's changing color that, since I've seen That's the older pictures. Yeah, since we first time met, mine's gotten a lot grayer. <laughs> no, it, it, it looks very distinguished. You both, I've said it before, you guys make a beautiful couple. So they are beautiful. beautiful. So you have another comment. Beauty first of all, first of all is there a way to get blue alpha action figures? Just because I have an action figure collection, I want to like have them. <laughs> well, well now, the thing is, is that for the action figures, those were created as... Um, prototype uh one-offs okay and that was to basically sort of do like proof of concept in case that because you know the way i approached ip stuff was the return on investment comes from a franchisable a plug and play right. so that means toys and coffee mugs and t-shirts and baseball so those were created to sort of show this is how this would translate to toy designs you know would they pop if they were like in the isle of walmart or something Got it. So you guys, you can go to WTFcomics.com and you can order, because you have a lot of comics there. Well, they have a number of comics. Uh, like I said, they're they're my partners, um, but Black Alpha is one of their, their titles. Okay. And is there, do they still have like the first edition, like whatever the first episode, uh, the first, what do you call it? The first volume? First or issue. Is first issue. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. Do they still have a first, any first issues? Yeah, yeah, uh, they do because we're getting, like I said, we're getting ready to launch uh, a new Kickstarter for the third issue of the book. We're wrapping up issue two. And and I will say this, that I've been very grateful because it was a lot of um, hiccups in the schedule. It's been almost 10 years since issue one was done. And that was uh, temporarily published in USA Today. But I'm grateful that people on Facebook and others are actually still interested in the book. That They want to read it after kind of a lull on schedule. And so it's been very important for me to get the book back on track. And I, I will admit, I sort of got a little seduced by the dark side of the force, meaning like Hollywood coming and talking and I'd be taking these meetings and, you know, like I was always like, well, we'll, we'll get the comic done when we get the, the cartoon rolling or we get a movie deal, we'll get, we'll get the comic done. And I finally realized I'm like, comics are still a great medium for telling stories. One of the Absolutely. best. Absolutely. I do too. So you have another one. Is your wife in the business? Uh, I'm I'm single. I'm a single dad. Oh, oh. so is he. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I was married. You were married, obviously. You I was married, uh, but but my daughter's mother um, was well. I'll just I'll lay it plain. She was a uh, stripper, <laughs> so she was in the entertainment industry. Uh, she no longer does that, but she's creative and. She's a big nerd like myself, so we're co-parenting. We actually get along pretty well. Oh, and, that's uh, nice. and she actually, what she would do when her and I first got together and I'd make these comic convention appearances, she dressed up as, uh, as kind of a, a female version of Black Alpha. And she was kind of what they used to call booth babe back then. They don't really use those anymore. But yes. she, you know, she had a knockout figure and she looked very tall, looked like Wonder Woman come to life. So she would bring people over to my table to get them interested um, in the books. However, it kind of backfired on me because everyone come over to the table and they'd want to take pictures of her boobs or her boobs. <laughs> so they were more interested in that. You know, so I have a question. Wait, wait. Our next guest uh, also is involved with like, he does like a Comic-Con on Long Island where people go to- Film festival. Film festival. 
Will you be at the San Diego Comic-Con next year? I'm hoping to. It's been a while since I've been there. I want to come over to your table. Yeah, I hope to. You have to give me one for free. For sure. Because so I want to know about this one, though. We, we, we don't pay for anything. Okay, so you guys, Black Alpha, again, go to WTFcomics.com. I actually want to get the first issue because this is I love your com. I love so your So you have character. another thing, though, I saw, and I don't know if this is a comic book, but it's called Damien Moon Warlock for Hire, which I thought, oh, my God, this is, like, the greatest thing ever. Like, is that an actual comic book? Not not yet. It's a, it's a concept I came up with as a 16-year-old. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Harry Potter meets James Bond meets Doctor Strange. Um, the only way I can, you know, I do a lot of that mashup stuff yeah. to sort of give an idea of the tone. Um, the interesting thing is, is that the last probably several years, I have several characters out in the public eye, including Black Alpha. Every single one of them has had interest from uh, film producers. They, we just haven't been able to get traction. Damian Moon has probably had the most. Um, and I could see it almost as a, like a Netflix series or a streaming show, right? But uh, but my hope is, is to get the time to get at least some comic versions done of these IP because I've been selling concept as opposed to content over the last decade, you know? So, I would like to right, work. I say something. Tom, I, I'm a witch. Trust me, I have very good psychic powers for people. I know people who make it and people who don't. I never tell them, of course. But I will tell you, you have ahead of you a tremendous success. Tremendous. Remember I said so. I will always remember that. Thank you, Ron. I would love to. Your talent is, has to be seen, appreciated, and enjoyed. So wait, like when you say, uh, like I would love to work on the Damien Moon thing. Like I'll help you crowdfund, like if we can make money and then if I could be a character in it. Sure. <laughs> Oh no! Trust me, I know how it all works. That's how I roll too. I, mean, oh, like, I, I love to like. I just love the concept. I love the title. I love the, the the graphic that you drew of it. I was like, oh my god, this is like totally up. Actually, well, your alley too. I want to be in a comic book, and I want to. <laughs> I want to be superhero Fagolino. Yeah. <laughs> I am superhero Fagolino. No, I'm serious here. Hold on, Fagolino. So, <laughs> like when you like like with Black Alpha, would you turn that in like like the like we saw the, the the video we saw kind of would be like a cartoon, but would you turn that into like a live action, like Avengers type movie? Well, you know, the thing is I've had, like I said, Black Alpha has been optioned three different times and two times it was for animation. The other time it was actually being projected as an 80 million live action feature. Once again, like I said, none of these ever took, right. took hold, but uh, when it comes to any material I do, I always kind of, I'm very organic about would this make a good cartoon? Would it make a good li live action? I mean, Generally, I'm very open. And what I've run into is that because of all these concepts that I started creating at 11 years old and then 16 years old and 18, all I thought was the fun, right? I didn't think about would this ever be too too risk adverse for the risk adverse age of producers thinking that's going to cost too much money to get done. And so that's that's where I've kind of had to re-embrace the comic book. And now I will say this on the filmmaking side, I've kind of sort of followed a playbook out of what you guys are doing where the materials that I'm going to try and create on the side is more horror based um, because it seems like those are easier projects to get going. You know what I mean? Like, like Ron was in, was it clown motel and clown Mot yeah. motel two? Um, to and me, I'm any of those. So three. three? We're Soon shooting going to be clown motel next, three. Next, yeah. next, awesome. summer, next summer we're shooting clown three. Could you believe that? Well, and the thing is, is that, like I said, since I've been such a big fan of so many things since young childhood, I can totally appreciate some period drama, Oscar contender, 
merchant ivory piece, but I love everything. And so I love like what people considered, you know, grade B level entertainment and doesn't matter if it's action or horror. I mean, I saw you had Richard Grieco on your show yeah, you know, was, months ago. And and I tell people I would love that guy's career. I've loved the stuff that he's in. Me too. You know what I mean? Have you seen him in Tommy Knockers? I haven't seen it yet. I saw while they were making that with the Mahal brothers and all that. Movie. There was nobody else in that film. Yeah, he was very good. It was incredible. I want to make a bargain with you. Okay. All right? If you send me a page, autographed, of course, with a beautiful sentiment, of the blonde guy. What is he called? Black Knight? What is he Black called? Alpha. Black Alpha. If you send that to me, I will frame it, and I will put it with our collection. But okay. in return for your generosity, I promise you, periodically, I will post it on our show and tell people to buy your comic. So I, I will buy your comic that. for free if you send me. See, fucko, you didn't think of it. I thought it was. He's going to want it. I'm going to buy the whole comic. I want the it's comic. Not coming. It's I not, want the whole comic. Yeah, but I'm going to have special. That's right. You can have special. That's okay. You can just Okay, that's a deal, Tom. We'll do that. <laughs> that is a deal. I, I really believe in your work, and I think you're So you have another happy. one. I think this is how we actually Wait, met. If, if you had a crappy comic, I would I would put my name in anywhere near it. You know, but I'm proud to represent. Well, I, I, and, I, and I'm not kidding when I say I very much appreciate that. Beautiful. Beautiful, so beautiful. I think that originally we met a couple of years ago because of Salem Tusk, right? Isn't that how we met? Yeah. Then that you're turning into a featured film, right? Salem Tusk is going to be, and that's kind of a. Uh, well, that one fell apart again, so it's been twice in the last five years. So um, I'm not going to get into all the background stuff, but it's just been frustrating because that one was was going someplace and then it kind of laid dormant, and then it was going someplace again years ago, and now it's laid dormant. We meet once. No, we've never met him. We never met you. Mm -hmm. Are you sure we never? I'm met positive. You? I'm pretty sure. I think Ross Lang introduced us, right? Isn't that who introduced us? Yeah, yeah. Because because I've known him for a while, and then he introduced you and I on the phone. And actually, the day I called you, you guys were actually taping one of your shows or recording. It. So, <laughs> right. so that's why I found out quickly what you do. Hi, Ross. Anyway, so tell us the concept though, because Salem Tusk is another cool one, and that's I forgot what do you call it. Uh, steampunk or something Isn't that kind of like a steampunk story yeah it's, it's uh well i that's another creation of mine when i was 16 the same one as damian moon i tell people because i i walked everywhere and i was very quiet and didn't have a lot of friends my brain was always churning up ideas for characters walking back and forth to school all that stuff so salem tusk is kind of a african-american indiana jones pulp adventure um i love the show the wild wild west with robert conrad yeah i was a little kid so, um, so it's kind of my take. Uh, steampunk has really kind of blown up over the last probably 20 years. Yeah, really this yeah. is my take on So I don't consider it traditional, but that's another one, too, that has scared people off because people, the execs are like, well, it's not a, they bring up the, you know, the Will Smith version of the Wild Wild West, um, or it's not a proven viable genre, you know, but I'm like, that, that's one thing I will say. I don't want to, I don't want to get on a, 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 you know, a pulpit here too much, but what I feel like is missing in this current age is that these people want to chase after these hits. And, and I'm like, you know, somebody had to take a risk on anything. We find that. all. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, it's funny to me that you guys keep wanting to be involved with these reboots yeah, and sequel, sequelitis. And most, and a lot of times those things quickly diminish or they outright flop. And I'm like, so you're going with something that you think is a sure bet and it keeps losing money and you're afraid to invest in new ideas you know, because you think you're going to lose money. 
you know, it's just, it's silly to me. And I, I guess I, I always get frustrated because I'm just like, you know, Gene Roddenberry and George Lucas, somebody had to take a risk. Even the guys that do Stranger Things or The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, somebody mm-hmm. has to take a risk. And that's what's frustrating. So I feel like what's important though now is like with what you guys are doing is despite those uh, frustrations, you still find a way to make things happen. I mean, that's really kind of what the bottom oh, line is. Huh. Yes. I was told many years ago by a very important guy, my friend Lee Winkler, who was the biggest shot in Beverly Hills and the movie business that could be. And he said, Ron, the secret to success is knock on every door. And he was right. I knock on doors. Knock on every, even (laughs) if the door is old and rickety and broken, knock on it. You never know. People that are selective, oh, I'm not knocking on that door because it's in a bad neighborhood. Bullshit. Knock on that door. Which I see. You You don't know where your success is coming from. You see, Evelyn 11. Um, Manu Tech, the Bondsman, but the two that really stand out for me the most, Damian Moon and, and Black Alpha, those two, I, as, soon, as soon as I saw the concept, and Evelyn Eleven, your concept art is pretty freaking dope, too. You're going to uh, be a big success, my friend. I, I've been actually talking to a producer, actor, the last almost three years about Evelyn Eleven. We just, same thing, you know, um, he wants a script that's kind of almost ready to pitch, and the last screen, script writer I had, they couldn't quite see eye to eye, so that's also laid dormant, but that's why I said, I guess, if anything, when I've had my days where I've been a little blue, a little defeated, you know, we're human, we all have them, that I kind of remind myself that at least these seven characters, not just one, seven characters I've had in a public eye have had interest from Hollywood, which means hopefully my instincts are correct. Again, uh, my, my instincts are terrific. If you were spinning your wheels, like if you had some crappy cartoon shit that I didn't like, I <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have just, no, you know me, I'm honest. I would have said to you, gee, Tom, lots of luck. I don't have to say lots of luck to you. You don't need luck. You got talent. Could you do me a favor? Do you have your character anywhere that you could show us again so we refresh our mind what he looks like? You must have um, something near you. I can grab a comic if you mean something like that. Yeah, yeah grab I'll, do, I'll do that real quick. Give me just a sec. Let's That's push fine. this. It's worth pushing. You guys go to WTFcomics.com and you can look up Black Alpha and you can get the comic there. Um, and when he's crowdfunding for the third one, we'll let everybody know. Um, it'll In the be meantime, a few broads out there that like butts, look to see his ass. He didn't hear that. <laughs> You were, you were bent over and your butt was sticking He's out. Got so headphones on. You were you were bending <laughs> over, your butt was sticking out. So I was, <laughs> all the women out there, if you're into asses, look at this one. Oh, that's awesome. Pull, pull, it that. yeah, pull, pull it back a little bit. Pull it back a little bit so we can see it. There we go. Look at that. I'm telling you, this is like a Picasso. I'm gonna throw up from it. It's so beautiful. I love it. I love it. Black Alpha. And that's the uh, the copy you can get if uh, from WTF Comics, by the way. They have it on their website. How much is that comic book? Uh, I think it's like four or five bucks. Oh, no way. Hey, everybody out there, get that comic book. It's four, four or five bucks. That's nothing. It's a Starbucks. A coffee at Starbucks and a croissant. So hold on. We have, we have about ten minutes left, I think. Anyway, uh, Tom, you're terrific. So, I don't know. Wait a minute. Thank, I didn't thank you, Ron. I didn't know what you were or who you were or what the hell you were going to bullshit about. And I thought, oh, well, another, you know, whatever. But, no, I'm very, very happy that you're on our show. You really made me um, excited about – at what age did you start drawing? 
Uh, I was five. My, my mother is a phenomenal artist, so I started copying all her pictures. So as a little boy, you were doing uh, space people, no? Yeah, all of it. I mean, I just, um, well, I started drawing my favorite superheroes because the first things I ever saw on TV were Batman with Adam West and in Star Trek. So right. I, would, I would mimic drawings of that. And then um, as I got older, actually, we were stationed overseas. My dad was in the service. So I actually discovered television first as far as superheroes and stuff. Comic books came when we returned to the States and my mom started buying me comics. And then my uncles had them when they were teenagers. And this was just magic to me, opening up these comics and being introduced to these new characters in the world, you know, that I'd never heard of. And then I've been, I, I'm one of those people, like when I become attached to something, it never goes away. Like it's first, you know, love at first sight. And then I'm, I'm hooked forever. And all of that. I like Batmobiles. Anytime <laughs> you feel defeated or down, you, you call me up. And I'll straighten you out real fast. Well, I will say this, that if you see Tom Rash, because I'm always supporting both you guys when I see you share your posts on Facebook, I always put a little heart emoji on it. You're on my on, on, Yes, on both on both your pages, yep. Oh, I, don't, I have to look for your name now, Tom. Yeah, now, you're, now, you're, now you're a real friend, not just a name. Uh, see, I, he's always been for me. So who were some of the... So, like we're doing a movie, uh, the one that Ron said he's going to be crying in, and they just put part of the cast list up. And uh, uh, so we're doing a mm -hmm. horror movie, and, and one of the stars of the movie is going to be Mark Hamill. Because now we can say it since it's right. on IMDb. Oh, awesome! So we're doing right. a movie. So well, who were like your like when I was growing up? For me, uh, the Fantastic Four and Spider Man were and Batman were like my. I know that's mixing okay. Marvel. Hey, wait, wait, I'm mixing wait, Marvel wait. and DC. But like, who were your people like when you were young? As far as superheroes go, like, who did you like? <clears throat> I, I realized, I mean, I love Superman. I love Spider uh, Spider Man was probably one of my favorites, still is. But <clears throat> I'm a big fan of the tech based heroes like Iron Man and Batman. And and Black Alpha has some of that DNA because it's still about a person. Their greatest gift or their power is their humanity and their will to uh, rise above, like you know, background that's got you know psychological damage, but about helping people. I mean, that's really. I think that's what I love about those characters is because when you take away the gadgetry, they're still just us. So wait, you know, so who's your favorite Batman out of all the Batman people that play don't Batman? Say, don't say Adam West because I don't, <laughs> I don't personally like him. I, <laughs> I knew him and he was an awful person. So don't um, say. I, I actually had a feeling that Ron was going to say that. I just <laughs> sometime I would love to talk to you about your history because I mean it's very fascinating. Adam West was not nice. He was very rude, very arrogant, and not at all a nice man. He wasn't a, 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 a player. In other words, part of our business. He was separate and above. And I wanted to tell him one day, listen, you were a fucking Batman in a cape. You know, you weren't Shakespeare. Don't go home. Mm -hmm. so he, he didn't win Academy of the Wars. movies. Of the movies, though, who was your, who's the person who who was your favorite Batman? Um, I actually really liked Val Kilmer. Yeah, I liked Val Kilmer too. You know, because um, he sort of gets shoved under the rug with George Clooney because of the Joel Schumacher versions. But I like the George Clooney too. Also, just because they were, wait, wait, they were like, am, am, am I going to sound very gay by saying I liked Wonder Woman? She's not no, in Batman. Not at all. No, I know she. Batman wishes he was in Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like. I I always read the Wonder Woman cartoons, you know, the comic book. And I used to love it. They, they all came from the island of Lesbo. And I thought, Jesus, look at this dyke. She's got a rope and she, and she, <laughs> she was a dyke hero. 
Linda, Linda Carter was my first crush when I was about 10 or 11. I had a whole shrine devoted to her on my wall. So wait. Dude. I saw her once in Century City Mall. She follows me on social and media. And she was beautiful. And this is when she was doing Wonder Woman. And Linda Carter was tall with beautiful blue eyes. And I, for the first time, stopped and stopped. I don't stop celebrities, but I stopped her by doing Wonder Woman. That's <laughs> the song. Did you like Ben Affleck as Batman? You know, actually, I, I did. What's interesting is when he was in the Daredevil movie that came out, you know, how many years ago that was? I love that. I That's I, one of my favorite movies. I loved him as Daredevil. I don't know why it did oh. so shitty. And I love Jennifer Garner as Elektra. And then that movie did shitty. And I actually enjoyed, you know, both of them. I thought he was great as Daredevil. Well, when I saw him as Daredevil back then, I'm like, you know what? He would actually make a decent Batman. So when he got cast and I heard about it, I'm like, okay, well, that's a fit for me. And I, I just watched the Flash movie with Ezra Miller. I haven't um, seen it yet. Is it good? You know, I actually thought it was very enjoyable. You know how the, how the, the, the mob gets on there, you know, about how something's awful. And I love seeing things for myself. And I actually very much enjoyed everyone. Ezra Miller actually gives a very touching, great performance as both Barry Allen's in it. But Ben Affleck's in it, and he's great, too, as that version of Batman and Michael Keaton. So to me, it was, it was definitely a... Nostalgic, but it was fun. I liked Michael Keaton as Batman too, um, and I like Ezra Miller. Unfortunately, he's got a lot of personal problems, and I think that's why people trashed, you know, the movie is because of all that other stuff. Um, but I, I, I like all of them. The only one, actually, my least favorite Batman was Christian Bale, really, and that's the one everybody thinks is the best Batman. But he's really like my least favorite out of all. Because he had that weird voice. I was going to ask, was it the voice? <laughs> he sounded like a queen. <laughs> he didn't sound like that. He sounded like a gay guy. He was so gay. I told him. <laughs> if he had high heels and lipstick, I'd marry him. I clicked. I have all these autographed <laughs> Batmobiles that are autographed by every different Batman. Everybody oh, awesome. Like, you know, all the different Batmans. And so, like, I really collect. I have a lot of Batman stuff. And I have a Michael Keaton Batman. Like, it's like an 18 and inch one. Not to be redundant, but I have a lot of Buster Crab, Flash Gordon. He, that's his thing, Flash Stuff. Gordon, which and, I like too. And, and I and I was so happy that uh, uh, actually Sam Jones. We had Sam, Sam Jones, Jones on our show on, last year, and I, I was, was happy. Year. He I, was terrific. And now I understand. I may be in a movie with him, so I'm out of like out of my mind. I'm going to be in a film with Flash Gordon. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I'm so excited. See, so all that stuff to me, hearing that, I love hearing that. That's so much fun, and I love that it's just about like like I said, said, great stars, energy moving forward. Stars don't impress me. Their work does. You know, I'm impressed by their work, but not them as people. But uh, Jones is a nice guy. He's a Marine. He's a real butch guy. He's a real, you know, Republican, straight-on-head kind of guy. So Excellent. it's going to be interesting working with somebody like that. He's not a Hollywood flake. I'm hoping too. Like I'm working on a film called Dog Moon. It's a werewolf trilogy, and uh, and we're we're trying to raise money for it now. But like, actually, and we have 32 characters in it. And Ron's going to be in it, but you might actually fit for some of those characters, and maybe we could also come come out and uh, if we if we raise enough money for the budget, you could your team could put together like a comic book on it. Because I, I I'm a firm believer in like movies coming out based on comic books. Like I think that that's like a a phenomenal sales pitch, you know, for the whole thing. To well, actually, if, if if it's werewolves and furry people, I mean, I'm always open for even doing an audition too. Cause like I said, that's another part of 
my path now that I'm pushing forward is it's about the joy of completed content is how I look at it. Whether or not it's doing a five minute short film, being part of an ensemble in any kind of a feature production, you know, any of that, that to me, that's just what I, I live for. I think I feel the zing, the bliss of just being part of something that is fun. It's about creation, you know, when a person has your kind of talent, they can do anything. Do you know who Kim Novak is? The movie yep. star. Mm -hmm. Novak is one of the greatest artists you will ever meet. She does a portrait that looks like a photograph. Kim Novak is a talented everything. So I find that a talented person as yourself with these drawings, you can act. I believe that talent pours over into other uh, fields. Well, like I said, it's like I, I preach the religion of storytelling. Story. I mean, that's that's what moves my soul, you know, is... Just everything that we we uh, are a part of and, and whether or not it's music or stage or film, comics, it's about just kind of entertaining and hopefully inspiring people by story. So Well, that's what I am. I'm a raconteur. I hate to be a show off, right. but the word raconteur means a storyteller in French. For you morons out there that don't know anything, <laughs> you just sit there drinking beer and eating pizza and farting while you're watching our show. And your trailer is on fire, and you don't even know it. That's like nice. That. I know, but I'm just doing that as a joke. You know, <laughs> when I did stand-up, you were allowed to make fun of everything, and everybody left. Today, my God, you say something off-color, and people are shocked. Oh, that's terrible. But I don't give a shit. I feel if we can't laugh at ourselves, who the hell are we? Are we? Right? Exactly. And, and I will say this, that... Um, because I talked to Ross a while back. I've actually been really wanting to be on your guys' show for some time, so I appreciate the opportunity. Well, you should let us know. You know, he did let me know, like, because uh, when I when I sent him a message, which I didn't even actually see it, I sent, when I sent him a message, asked him if he'd like to come on the show because I saw a bunch of posts that he had done. Uh, I noticed that there was a message saying he'd like to come on the show. Yeah, sometime. but you see, I, you told, because I, I, I never, I'm not good on Facebook I never, re I never research any of our guests. Of course, if I know them, I can't. But if I don't know the guests, I don't research them because I like it to be fresh. And and for the moment, yes. Uh, and I said to him, so who's this guy? He's a director, producer. I thought, ah, shit, the the ball. I said comic book artist. No, you never said that. I did too. You said, no, you never said, you said a producer and a director. Yes, you walk into your office. No, I didn't. That's and, what, the, <laughs> next, the next guy is a director and producer. This first guy I is know, not. Adam, very well. <laughs> anyway. I told him how excited I was because I collected yeah, all this I didn't shit. get it. I didn't get it. So I thought, okay, we have to dope this one up a little bit. You know, we got to jazz him up. I didn't have to at all. Your work is is your signature. Your work did it, kiddo. So you guys follow good, Tom good, on Instagram. Good. His Instagram is T-R-A-S-C-H-65. Follow him on Instagram. Check out uh, WTFcomics.com, and you can get uh, Black Alpha. Um, especially you want to get the first one, you guys, because if they make this stuff, when not if when they turn this into a feature film, uh, you guys, everybody's you're gonna want the first issue. And if you have youngsters out there, what a, what better gift than a comic book? Kids love it. So if you want to be the favorite aunt, uncle, grandmother, grandfather, buy this comic, put it away, give it to the kid Christmas. He'll be so happy. Because, you know, they're bored with the adults around. They don't want to, so DC has a comic book to go under the coffee table and read. That's right. Right? Right. Yes, exactly. I agree 100%. So. All right. Well, thank, thank you, guys. Hey, Tom, thank you so much. Thank we'll see you, you on Facebook. Yep.
And Ron, Ron, I'm going to send you your poster. I'll reach out to you on Facebook to get information about that. So. Looking, forward, looking forward to meeting you in person. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Take care, Tom. Wonderful afternoon. All right. What, what a cool guy. Well, I got to tell you, I don't flip out often, but his work is beautiful. I would frame it. I mean, this, it's really, you know, everybody likes modern today, you know, all this super ultra modern. What better than a bunch of his artwork and frames? Yeah, I love it. So now because we're going to bring on our next guest. So beautiful. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and bring him on. Let's see if we can hear him, Juan. Hello, hello. Hey, say yeah. something. It's me. How are you? I'm good. good. I'm so flattered you shaved. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Adam? I'm doing very well, Ron. How are Long you? Long time no see. Yes. Very now, nice to you. Now you're living in, in uh, where? You moved out of Long Island. Yeah, I'm in the uh, Nashville area. Nashville. And you're doing well with your studio. Yeah, we're doing very nice here. It, this is uh, Valhalla. I like it here. Good, good. And you're Hold on, we got to introduce him. Like, oh, shut don't the know who fuck he is. up with this interview. Hey, what's up, everybody? Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, actor, producer, voice artist, host, Adam Ginsberg. Hello, and welcome back to the show. And, and we know Adam for many, 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 many years. Yeah. I actually know many before you. And I have to bring it up. Adam lost a woman, his wife, to uh, to breast cancer, who was probably the, the most loveliest human being mm. I've ever met. Elsie? That's mm -hmm. right. That was nice. I can't. I, know, he loves, he I loved Elsie. So, yeah, so. She, she was incredible. Um, we lost her in the summer of. 2020. So yes. it's been, a, it's been a, a few years now. Um, you know, everybody's uh, grieves in their own way and her loss is consistently felt. I can also tell you her presence is consistently felt too. So that's pretty cool. That's so, awesome. Yeah. She was a wild New York Puerto Rican who I loved. <laughs> she was a cha-cha-cha and a mambo and full of electric and full of fun and love. And she would greet you and make you feel like a million bucks. Mm -hmm. So you guys have originally- You ain't so bad either, Adam. Before, <laughs> before Ron was on the show, actually, even that we had met Adam and Adam and, uh, Adam and Elsie, and Adam had a character that he used to do called Salvador Rizzo, right? Wasn't that- Yeah, the, uh, the dead father from- the dead uh, father, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. actually, that's a long way back, but I, I think we met you at one of the early macabre fairs, if, and and I was probably running around as him at the time. I actually met you before that. I'm not before? sure how we met. I lived in Florida because mm -hmm. Ron wasn't even on the show when I originally. That's met when you. the show was a shitty and, crappy uh, show. Uh, <laughs> no, he had no ratings. I think that somebody he didn't have one point one uh, billion. Uh, 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 it was um a fucking boring show. We did uh, a wasn't. It was um, Anyway, uh, the best. made me lose my fist. So, so originally, you guys, you came on, and I think we had met. Uh, somehow, I was like helping promote the first, or, or one, how many Macabre Fair film festivals have there been? Uh, I, well, you know, it, I think this is our uh, ninth, but we also did a few that were sort of piggybacking onto other conventions where we brought sort of the film festival as a uh, showpiece. So then I guess they're not really counted in the same way, but uh, they were Macabre Fair Film Festivals. Uh, well, I think but this is nothing. Hmm? Yeah, so I think it was, but that's what I, th I don't even think you had the Macabre Fair Film Festival yet when we were doing that. Right. Um, 
we met you and you guys came on the show and then I met Ron and we moved to Pennsylvania and then we met you mm -hmm. and actually coming to the show and then we went to another show where it was fucking snowing like unbelievable and we drove it took us like six hours to get there when normally should have taken like two and it took us like six hours to get there in the snow last yeah um and it was a lot of fun so you have the, the twitch twitch productions Wait, which what is, did you miss long island you know um i do of course i i, I grew up there uh i lived a large chunk of my life there um, but I've also lived in a lot of other places. I've even lived overseas and, um, you know, I've always enjoyed new adventures and Tennessee has been very good to me, uh, you know, personally in a lot of ways. So, you know, do I miss it? Sure. Um, am I running back there? No, you know, I have no intention of, you know, heading back there, at least at this point in my life. I, I really think I found a home here. So, um, well, you know, we are, we're moving to, uh, East Hampton. Not East Southampton, no, West Hampton. Right. We yeah. all I can't stay in California anymore. It's just gotten to be disgusting to live here. Yeah. It's not California. It's weird. And uh, the business, everything stinks. Now, that now we, you can live anywhere. Yeah, now that, no, Jimmy's goes all over. That's and right. Most of our work now is out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, out of, what's his name, Tyler's Studios and the other studios. Mm -hmm. And now they're building one, I understand, in Nevada. That's going to be bigger than anybody's studio. Mm. Hollywood is old. The studios leak. They haven't got proper air conditioning. They're hard to work in. Well, they're 100 years old. Well, you know, there's actually a, um, I believe there's a 47-acre piece of property that is pretty close to our, I have another uh, business. We have a, a cannabis dispensary business as well. And there's a 47-acre piece of property in that town, Hendersonville, Tennessee, which yeah. is just, just north of Nashville. And supposedly a fairly large uh, studio slash media complex is moving in there. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so this, you know, there's a lot of shift taking place geographically right now. And well, I think there's a tax credit in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, I know certain towns in Tennessee have a good tax credit. So you don't have to be in Hollywood anymore. No. Yeah, I you know, I miss Long Island. I miss the kids I grew up with, who was alive. You know, half of them are dead. But the ones that are still alive, no, it's true, they're all old. I'm 83. The, the ones that are still alive are 75 and 76. They're the yeah. kids. They're the junior friends. So I miss them, you know. And I love the Hamptons. It's so beautiful in the summer mm -hmm. and in winter. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're, we're going to so go back next, next year can follow Adam on Instagram. He's Adam Ginsberg official. And then he has Twitch, twitchproductions.com, which is like the parent company, right? Yeah. Twitch, Twitch Productions is our parent company. We do films. We do events like the Macabre Fair Film Festival. Uh, the film festival is actually coming up at the end of September here in Nashville yeah. for four days. Uh, I have 85 indie horror films coming in for four days. We have a uh, noir restored theater we show uh, the movies in. It's it's pretty fantastic. You should show some of my crappy films. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been? Like, have you made? Have you been making? I, I see that you did a crowd. You're doing crowdfunding for a movie called Unseen, where you're the unseen man, and it's, yeah. got, a, it's got a good cast: Melissa Rose. Brett Wagner, Mike Ferguson, they're all friends of ours. Yeah, so, so, so that one, uh, Steve Merlot, we got involved uh, executive producing his his uh, Sawyer Massacre film, which was a really nice 
fan film that was kind of a prequel to the Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I actually have a trailer for it. I, I downloaded the trailer so we could play it while you're on since you executive produced it. Yeah, and, and I'm very happy that uh, that we jumped in with Steve. You know, I did some research on him and I liked what he was doing as a filmmaker. And I, I said to uh, Addison, my, my partner and my son, I said, you know, I think we should get behind this. I, I you know, my aim is to have Twitch Twitch involved in quality projects. And uh, I'm glad we did. And so afterwards we got to talking and he started telling me about uh, this, this film unseen and uh, his concept of a film where, you know, you don't see the killer. And we got more and more into talking about maybe putting the audience into the uh, feeling of being the killer, et cetera. And the more we talked about it, eventually he had me audition for the role of being the voice of the killer, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, and then further, we decided, uh, my son and I again decided to get Twitch Twitch fully involved and, and, you know, get behind that project. So we've been, this one, we've been a little bit more hands-on, uh, I was involved in some of the casting of this one and, you know, Steve and I talked a lot, uh, going into pre-production on this and so on regarding the entire film. So this one's really nice. Um, I, I always like to be more involved when, when I can. So, uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, your, son, your son now is acting. I was going to say, your son's yeah. older than you are. Nah. It's a picture. How old is he? 40, 50? How old is that kid? He's, uh, he's 22 going on 42. He, I know. He's a grown-up man. I couldn't get – I remember him as a kid. Yeah, so that's the beauty of it. So he, he grew up, uh, you know, sort of behind the scenes of what Elsie and I were doing with, with films and radio and all of this. And the reason why we're here in the Nashville area is after high school, he decided to come to the Nashville Film Institute and uh, get, you know, a little uh, degree in, in filmmaking. So he's really fantastic with uh, with essentially the production side of things. But, um, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and, you know, no ego. He's he's really a, a fine young actor. He can do voices and um, he's got a good look about him. He's in the gym 24 seven. So he's. You know, he's he's like Ad Man 2.0. It's really right. fantastic. I see so pictures on Facebook of him driving the cannabis convertible. I yes. know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said his kid is older than he is now. Listen, so what's going on in your life? Anybody wait, 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 romantic? Wait. <laughs> so, I, you know, I... I have somebody in my life. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm enjoying my, my life right now. I'm currently... Of course, I, I wouldn't be with somebody who isn't nice. So, so say hello for us. Wait, will I like her when I meet her? I'm sure you will. So, you you, you like my 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 choice in women? You, you just fond all over Elsie, and she's been yeah, gone for a few years. I, I, yes. I don't want your girlfriend to hear this, but Elsie's one hard act to follow. Yes, she is. Oh boy, I, I feel sorry for this girl because she's got shoes to step into that are incredible. Uh, Doing fine. But, so that that being said, I mean, right now is really uh, for me. We we're really heavy in our cannabis business, uh, Green Trees Company. Where uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's legal THC here in Tennessee. It's all hemp derived product. It's hemp, but you know, it is uh, it, it is it it is uh, psychoactive. It's rope. It's rope. Well, you know what's really interesting about our state is our state. It what we sell is perfectly legal, and the state now uh, taxes and regulates it. So. Yes. I don't know if we're taxed and regulated here, but it's legal here. It's on every corner. Like every corner has a fucking store. It's <laughs> a lot of stores here. Like they're loaded too. It's so dangerous. So wait, I want to go back. So I want to play because so people can get because the Sawyer Massacre is out, right? You can see it. Yeah, Sawyer Massacre is actually on YouTube. I think um, 
right. I think it's uh, you just have to find it, you know, through search. Yeah, you probably have to be 18 and over to watch it, you know, so, uh, to be signed in. So we're gonna play the trailer for it. You introduce it, and then Juan, you play the Sawyer Massacre one that I sent you. Introduce it real quick, and is then he'll play it. Is this movie out? Yes, it's on YouTube. <clears throat> Sawyer Massacre is. Uh, we we just uh, were involved in executive producing that one. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, fan film. Very very nice job by Steve Merlot. Uh, it's kind of a prequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, those who are really into that series of films will really recognize the the passion behind this, and I think really appreciate it. It's gotten a lot of uh, of, of positive uh, feedback. Okay, Adam, where can we see it tonight? Tell us. You can watch that film, uh, The Sawyer Massacre, on YouTube at any time. So go to YouTube, folks, and look for this film. Mm-hmm. Are we going? Yeah, so enjoy, go. Let's go. All right. Here we are, boys. My uncle's cabin. Not bad, Brant. What about AC, though? How do you think he's doing? Jimmy really needs this weekend, man. So, Jimmy, what's this soul searching you're doing? That's something personal happened to me a few months back. Jimmy, I'm so sorry. We had ourselves a little step back. Just leave me out of it. Do you have any food here? You guys are hungry, huh? What do you sell in your store? <sighs> You're gonna have to go see my grandpa. Where is he? Hey, he's not far. He's got everything you need. Girls, stay close. This is the place. Is this somebody's too? Adeline, put that down. The brand, is that you? This is my house. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like love it. So congrats on that one. Blood. Ooh. Hey, Ron doesn't like the blood, but I like the blood. Yeah. So so I was thinking about you. I, I'm in horror movies. Guess what? I told him in my contract, do not cut me and put fake blood because if it goes in my hair, it makes it pink. Right. It you can't wash it out. So <laughs> I'm, I, I am against bleeding in the movie. <laughs> So I want. I have a question for you because I went down your eye because I was thinking about you a lot lately. Because back in the day, you mm. did a, you did a film called The Long Island Serial Killer, and now they just fucking like arrested the Long Island Serial Killer. Yeah. 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 Like, like, what do you think? Because I also did the trailer for that one because I just thought it was cool. Because you actually play the serial killer. Yeah. Well, I played the part. Yeah. 
So um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people have asked me about that. And, you know, it's very funny is that I got involved in that film originally because I had thought to myself, nothing was done on this film, you know, on this, uh, you know, on this crime, um, at least at that point, when we first did the film back in 2013, when we shot it, there was nothing done at that point. And maybe a book or something, I think maybe. Um, and so I got involved because I, you know, I was from the island and I figured, you know what? It, if nothing else, at some point in time, there'll be a relevancy to this because it was the first film done on this subject. And so that's why I did it. And um, I remember asking the, um, um, uh, the, the, the writers, what do you want me to do here um, in terms of a killer? Give me some sort of an inspiration. And it's interesting because at the time I was producing the film and my intention was just to do some sort of like a, you know, he went that away cameo type of whatever, just to have some fun in the scene. And the guy that I cast as the killer that I really loved had a falling out with the director. And I got a phone call one night and I was told that they couldn't work with him. And we were like four weeks away from shooting. And we had a, a 12 day schedule of running around between uh, Long Island, the city, the Bronx and Connecticut. Right. And, uh, and even out at Gilgo. So <clears throat> I said, well, what are we going to do? And they, they said, you're going to play him. <laughs> and I, I said, really? <laughs> and I was like, at this point, you got to understand, you know, I, when I'm doing things, I sort of get into whatever that job is, you know, and I cast the film and I was like locking down locations and all of this. And suddenly that was removed. And I'm like, oh, and now you want me to do this? And so I remember, I said, well, you got to give me something you know, who is this? You wrote it. Who is he? And at least some sort of inspiration for this killer, because obviously it was unsolved at the time. And our film was um, sort of a fictional take on uh, true events and, um, and inspired by, I guess. Um, and the long story, story short is he said to me, give me Bundy. And I said, OK. And I said, I will see you in four weeks. I'm relieving all of my producing duties. I won't be talking to anybody until then. And I'll see you on set. And I hung up the phone and then I spent the next four weeks basically uh, memorizing the script and scaring the shit out of myself, researching Ted Bundy. And, you know, <laughs> and uh, ultimately, I was just looking for a um, I just wanted to, I, I guess, portray somebody that could be an everyman, you know, walking down the street or in life, the most, you know, uh, unsuspecting. And then in, uh, you know, boom, it, it just completely other side, different phase, complete monster. And you'd be like, this is the most heinous, you know, individual, the eyes glaring, the whole thing and, you know, coming at you with violence. So um, that's what I tried to portray in that film. And, um, you know, so now you say, you know, well, this guy was finally caught. So, A, that's fantastic because coming especially from Long Island, let alone just as, you know, uh, being involved uh, personally in um, in a way of uh, I had a, a crime happen in Elsie's family uh, that was close to me where somebody was was murdered uh, and um, you know this was while we were together so you know this is nice to see that victims in some way get some kind of justice she wasn't related to this case you know I don't know if you're going to remember this but there was a barmaid her name was Mary Dugan. Hmm. She was a barmaid, and a guy was uh, uh, sort of coming on during the bar, and she put him off. She got in her car to go home, and she mm -hmm. was driving on the Southern State Parkway, and he was behind her the whole time following her. Foolishly, she got off the exit, but you know what exit she got off? The park. 
and she wound up in the park without getting, he killed her, he chopped her up. Mm. Mary Dugan, mm. back in the 1961, two or three. So there was a lot of killings on Long Island mm. over the years, crazy men. Yeah. So I'm surprised you never heard that. That was a legend on Long Island. Mm. No, didn't didn't hear that. We were doing, we were doing Dugan, a, there's a there's a, a thing about Mary Dugan though, isn't there? Like a a saying about well, Mary we Dugan. we as kids, we as kids used to say Mary Dugan. In other words, remember Mary Dugan, because all of our friends, you know, we lived on Long Island. We all drove cars. The girls drove cars as well as fellas. So we all meeted at the bar. And then we'd leave, and the girls would get in their car. So when the girls got in the car, we'd say, remember Mary Dugan, which meant don't go on the Southern State Parkway <laughs> and get off, and get off the park exit where there's so, nothing but a dead spot. So how did you pick, how did you pick Tennessee? Like, like decide, okay, I'm going to make a big life change, you know? Well, well so, so in New York, um, you know, uh, basically I, I kind of reached a point financially where uh, things weren't going that well. Um, and that was a time in my life where Elsie and I weren't together. Um, Addison wanted to try something different than traditional college. He was my only familial tie to New York at that point. And, um, you know, even though we were uh, still married, we were apart. So I said, you know what, I'll... Um, I'm going to go wherever he wants to go as long as he'll have me. you got to remember something. Addison and I, um, I only had him less than half the time throughout his life. His his mom and I started a divorce like three months after he was born. So uh, I've never had him full time. So, you were divorced? No, no. No, he's, a, he's my second wife. Her first wife. Yeah, I have to clear that. Yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, that being said, I saw this and so did he uh, as an opportunity to, you know, catch up on some years and whatever it may be, you know? So uh, it, it really made sense to go wherever he wanted to go. And when uh, the idea of Nashville Film Institute was passed to me and I found out about it, I said, you know what, this seems pretty good. Went down, researched it. Uh, the area that we live in is very similar to where we lived on the island. So it was an easy transition. And then coming here and uh, I mean, this was almost four years ago, I, I left New York and one of my first trips to a gas station, I caught 99 cents a gallon gas like four years ago. Um, man, let me tell you, everything I ate tasted sweeter. The, you know, the, the weather is incredible. Um, the people here are truly uh, everyone that I've run across. I think I can count on one hand in all seriousness, the amount of negative people that I've met. Everybody here that I've run into has been very positive energy. Uh, most people I run into aren't even from here. The closer you get to Nashville, the, the less Tennesseans you actually meet. It's very interesting. Uh, everyone's from somewhere else. And just overall, this is just a, uh, a, a very positive, sort of up, uplifting, sort of feeling uh, place to live. And that's what made me feel like this is where we're going to, uh, you know, put some stakes down. And we decided to open the, uh, the dispensary business and, um, and to do, bring the film festival here. I yeah. love the fact that you kept the film festival and everything going. I actually, I don't, know, I've only been to Nashville once, but I actually, because uh, I, I write and I have a column on the Nashville Music Guide. Mm. So, um, so I've I see been to Nashville a lot. a lot of times, uh, you know, driving back and forth from New York to LA. And um, 
I just found it to be anti-Semitic, to be quite trite, frank. Really? It was, well, back in those days. Yeah, but you're talking about 50 years ago. <laughs> oh, 50 years ago. <laughs> no, over the years, I found it to be... A, they say it's one of the best places to live now, entertainment-wise. For music, it's one of the best places to live. You know, they didn't like Italians either. Because my friend Maria and Lee Winkler, they were, no, serious. And I know you're being serious. I just, I love, I love, you got to understand, Ron. I love your whole, this, this is something about the way you deliver. <laughs> it's it's fascinating friend, to me. I love listening to you. My friend Maria is Italian from Italy. She was married to Lee Winkler. Maria Winkler, she's still alive. And they loved uh, Nashville and Tennessee. They said the Rolling Hills. They stayed at a guy's house that was like a mansion. If it was in L.A., it would be $50 million. There it was like, like 300000 or whatever. So they said to me, gee, you know, it's really cheap living and beautiful and the people are so nice. And then she said to me, but they're all, you know, like Southerners and English or Irish or some shit. And, you know, no Jews or Italians because Lee was a Jew and she was Italian. So I said, well, fuck that place. I'm, I would never live there. <laughs> because I'm half Jewish and Italian, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it at all. But they don't, they don't hire. They don't want. No, I like, like it. Does your son, did your son like going to school there? Well, he's finished. Um, he he uh, he loved it. He got caught up towards the end of it with, uh, with the lockdown stuff. So he finished some of it, you know, sitting at home, uh, you know, through the computer classes and whatnot. But uh, he hasn't. Literally, you know, we started this business and we put his um, his his learning, you know, all his education from the, that school and the other film schools in New York that he went to uh, to use all the time in our business. Um, and we still do movies of our own. Right now we're um, in pre-production. I'm going to do a, a little pug movie, you know, insects, little nice, fun uh, horror sci-fi things that we're working on. So. Um, we're always trying to continue to move forward in some way with, with the entertainment and have some fun. I've even, I've been kicking around the idea of bringing back out of my head radio and, you know, took a while. I, you know, lost my funny bone for a few years and, you know, it's kind of coming back. So. Good. Yeah. Cause you look terrific. You look like shit a couple of years ago. <laughs> well, Adam, the honesty. Adam, you were gray and skinny and old and haggard looking. Mm. Because you were grieving, and I know you were going through difficult times. Now you look young you look happy. and handsome and happy. Oh, thank you. I am so happy to see it. You're so cute. I might dump Jimmy for you. <laughs> so, so I have a question. My mother would, be, my father would be happy. At least I married him. <laughs> so, does your son? Has he always been a big horror fan? Since you guys are horror fans. You know, he's kind of all over the map. I don't think he's a specific genre guy. Uh, he likes good film. You know, that's really what he's into. Um, and honestly, his his thing now is he's he's just all about the entrepreneur side of life. I, you know, I made a decision um, in opening this business, with the, the, the cannabis business, which was I wanted an opportunity for he and I to essentially spend our days and time together, not only making up time, but really not having to come home from work and be exhausted and not being able to create and work on things for Twitch Twitch. I thought it would be really fun if we could have just sort of this little store with some cash flow coming in and together during the day we can we can work on plans for, for film. And it, it became it became bigger than that. And he really loves the entrepreneurial aspect. But what I did was instead of taking, you know, 
maybe the approach of saying, hey, that's my son. I'm going to have him come work for me. I decided to, you know, say, hey, do you want to A, invest some of your money in this and B, be an uh, on paper 50-50 partner with me? And in doing so, um, you know, A, it, it forces maturity and B, it allows him to have skin in the game, sweat equity in the game and a true passion for what he's doing. And that probably was the best thing I could have done because he's an incredible uh, business partner in all of this. And none of this could take place with like he's the yin and yang, you know, he's, yes. got, he's got he's got the skill set that I don't and vice versa. So it really works well. OK, so now you, you avoided my question, which I'm going to touch you. You grow it or you buy it where you get marijuana from. Well, we don't sell marijuana, but the the, the hemp that we sell, we we're no, just reselling. Yeah, all that shit like you do. Oh, they sell pot. I, they sell, I thought you were. A they sell gummies. Uh, you probably sell gummies, right? Gummies, vapes, uh, oils, pet products. I've got stuff for horses. I mean, a lot, lot of really good oh, CBD oh, products. I thought you were you were a dope addict. A dope addict. No. <laughs> no, no we, we, do sell, we do sell legal flour that can bring a uh, a bit of a of a head change, but it is marijuana in our state. Oh, it's eliminating that stuff. It's wonderful for arthritis. Mm -hmm. It's for a lot of things. No, pot is good for arthritis. Well, they take the, the what is it? THC, THC out of it. Or you can have some with THC in it. No, sometimes it has gives you a little buzz because they don't get it all out completely. So, well, so you know what's really interesting in our state? Okay, so I'll tell you something very interesting. Okay, I went to the true story. I went to Las Vegas. This is before opening our second location here in the Nashville area, right? I went to Las Vegas in January. And in Las Vegas, it's a legal state, right? So <clears throat> this guy there is trying to sell me 100 milligram Delta 9 THC chocolate bars. So what is Delta 9 THC? So Delta 9 THC is the THC classically known for the effects that people enjoy or use marijuana medicinally for. Okay. So I said, wow, that's really interesting. And he says, yeah, they're amazing. I said, no, I said, I said, because I have a dispensary in Tennessee and this is just after Christmas. And I said, and we just sold out of 200 milligram Delta nine THC chocolate bars. And he says, oh my God, how's that possible? Your state doesn't sell marijuana. I said, well, so it's very easy. Number one, it's hemp derived and hemp and, and marijuana is really in a sense, some sort of a classification based on uh, percentages and the state that you're standing in. But, you know, the cannabis plant is the cannabis plant. That being said, so Delta 9 THC, whether it be hemp derived or whether it be marijuana derived, if consumed in a given quantity, okay, is probably going to bring a head change. And for most people, about 20 milligrams is a serving size is going to start to bring a recreational type of feeling. So how does this work out that Tennessee can have, listen, listen to this. So how does this work out? Tennessee can have a, a stronger edible and it's very simple. They're heavier. See, we have to stay under 0.3% Delta nine THC by dry weight. They just, these guys just make heavier items. They're still 50 state legal items. I can sell them all over the country, but they're heavy. So the chocolate bar that in one state, the guy buys, it's a hundred milligram Delta nine THC chocolate bar. My chocolate bar that I'm selling here that I re, you know found somewhere online that's third party lab tested, that's safe and so on, happens to weigh twice as much and has twice as much hemp derived Delta nine THC in it. I just did the homework to find a legal product that's stronger. That's all. You have two stores? Well, wait a minute. That's awesome. When you sell those chocolate bars, don't you realize that sugar is bad for you. <laughs> I don't think people are taking them that are interested in their diet. <laughs> sugar is very bad. 
for you. Listen, please tell our viewers what's the difference between pot and hemp. So, um, what 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 is hemp? So, hemp, as as far as I as I know by the law here in Tennessee, okay, hemp is. Uh, is, is let's say, let's call it the plant, the cannabis plant at the time uh, of its lab report, 30 days before harvest, okay, was under 0.3% active Delta 9 THC, okay? If it's under 0.3% active Delta 9 THC, okay, the state of Tennessee, again, as far as I know, but in, and, you know, I'm not the lawmaker, I'm just a guy, you know, in business here and trying to interpret the law and so on. Uh, with the help of my attorney, um, is that uh, if it's under 0.3% Delta 9 THC, and that's what the law says, that's hemp. And if it's over 0.3% Delta 9 THC, that's considered marijuana. So that's a pretty fine line. And when a grower is growing, perhaps, I mean, I'm not a grower, but you know, I don't know how it works or what part of the field that they're pulling things from, or if they do the whole field or only part of it. But that's a very fine line, you know, uh, at 0.3%. So um, if it's over 0.3, I guess they're supposed to destroy it. It can't come to a store like mine. It's not supposed to be put up to sale. Well, I, have, I have in my freezer right now mm -hmm. which are this big of pot butter. Mm. A very good friend of mine up northern California has a farm of this pot. And she said, because of your arthritis, because I have mm. my fingers, she gave me this big jar. Okay. I took not even a fingernail full. I was smashed out of my mind. I couldn't <laughs> I was in bed having nightmares. I woke, I said, Jimmy, I'll never take this shit again. So I have a, a whole thing. It's like a million dollars worth of, of pot butter in there. In my <laughs> but you can't you can't take it because it, it'll knock you right to the I've head. never taken pot ever, any type of me neither. Ever in my life. And he's only it. done it one, two times. Wow. And the first time he did it, he ate the head off of a gummy. Oh, yeah. We were at a fashion show, a red carpet fashion show, and he ate the head off the gummy, and oh. he was flying all over the place. I had to. And threw up the entire way home. I had to, <laughs> I had to interview Miss Universe and Miss, Miss America. And you were in another universe at the time. <laughs> I was so loaded. All I kept saying was, you broads are tall. Look, you're like me six foot. Wow, what tall, it was hilarious. what tall broads you are. We were two hours away from home, and literally for two hours, he had his head out the window throwing up. Oh, the I, I, I don't do that. And he doesn't do it, because I've never even tried it, so I'm I was like never, virgin. My sister-in-law years ago had Coke, and she said, <laughs> she said, don't be a jerk, try it. I put a little bit up my nose, my fucking nose started bleeding. <laughs> That's not for me either. Then they gave me a quail, right? <laughs> this is what we're talking about 50 years ago. Right. Guess what? My face went right in the plate. I passed out on the table in the food. They dragged me by my feet, my head bouncing on the curb into the car from one quail. Hang on. Let's I can't do this stuff is for you, Ron. Yeah. I was not, yeah. not even drinking. I drink one drink. I want to bang everybody. We have three. Yeah, wait, wait, we have it's three, true. we have like two and a half minutes left. No, so it's true. You guys I'm listen up. Sure. On September 28th in Nashville, you have the Macabre Fair mm -hmm. Film Fest. If you're in the yes. area, uh, buy a ticket and go. Um, you can find out everything. Wait, shh, one minute. When we're on living on Long Island, we're going to come to you for your festival. We'll drive down. How, how many hours? Eight hours? To, to Nashville? I think, right. I think that took about 18, 19. Are you shitting me? That's no. Long. 
Let me go to Florida in 18. Yeah. Let me get Nashville's not that far. So down. you guys follow Adam Ginsburg on Instagram. It's Adam Ginsburg official. Uh, if you want to find out other things going on and movies and stuff that Twitch Twitch Productions is doing, you can go to twitchtwitchproductions.com. Again, the film festival is macabrefairfilmfest.com, and then he has official adamginsburg.com. Right? Is that did I hit yeah, them all? I think we wrapped it pretty good. Thank you. There you go. So we got them all in there. And my films, after they do the Con Film Festival, will go to the You know, in all seriousness, anytime you two want to come out, you just let me know. I'll make sure you have VIP access to everything. It's no Thank problem. Oh, I wasn't going to pay anyway. You know, some of the people, always get comp. What are you know, some of the people that we've met have become friends of ours. Like, we met Eileen Dietz there, and we see her. On, she's a friend of ours. And Jason, uh, what's Jason's name? Oh my God! You asking me, now? Jason, bald-headed Jason. I love Jason. What's his name? I forgot. Uh, we met him at one of your conventions. Mus muscle guy, muscle Jason, Jason. big monster. Uh, Jason, uh, he's a good. He's friend. from Canada. God dang it! We've had him on the show anyway. fifty times. We met him at your festival at dinner that one night at the festival that we we, we presented like awards or whatever for. He had a hole and, in the uh, back of his head. I forgot his you name. You know what now. I'm talking about? He's bald. He's completely bald. Hey. And he has a hole in the back of his head. And he was seated next to me, and he turned around, and I saw the hole. Wait, minute, and I thought that was fascinating. Jason. I said, you can probably see behind him. It's an eye. You know. Oh, my God. He was the celebrity guest. It was the black guy from, like, one of the zombie movies Jason. and him. Uh, isn't that funny? I can't oh, see I can, uh, Clark. Anyway. So now tell me more about your Wait, we don't have time. We don't have time. We got to go. We're out of time. I have plenty of time. Right. We'll we, have, we, we'll have, have listen, we have a lot of time. That's no, it. We have a lot of Yentas out there that want to. No, the Yentas are over. Next time. Of course she's pretty. Of course she's pretty. Is she pretty? She's gorgeous. All right. I'm so happy things are going good. It's been a great time. Very nice to see you, both. This is the Good luck, Thank you very much. See you soon, I hope. All right, everybody. Before I dropped it. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Adam. Say hello to your son. Bye-bye. See you guys next week, you guys. Have a great weekend. We're out of time. Bye-bye. In the mix, yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live, and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. So come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Russell.